we got the alternative energy free autonomy and welcome to the radioactive show produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the community radio network Hello and welcome, I'm K.A. On this week's Radioactive Show, I'm taking you into the community of White Mesa that is part of the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe and what is happening on their lands with the uranium mill. The Ute Mountain Ute Tribal Lands is more well known as Utah, Colorado and New Mexico in the United States. Earlier this year, I was privileged to be invited by the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe to walk on their land against the White Mesa uranium mill. Across the Colorado Plateau, irresponsibly operated uranium mills have devastated landscapes and communities. I begin the show at the gates of the uranium mill with the discussion that happened between the tribal officer protecting the mill and with the Ute Mountain Ute tribal councilwoman, Priscilla Rabbit. I speak with Anne-Marie Tapp, an attorney working with the Grand Canyon Trust, and community member Ephraim Dutchy. And finally, I'll finish the show with an interview from an amazing young Diné woman, Leonie Morgan, who's from the Diné No Nukes and is uh, heading the campaign Hall No about why she was at the protest. Do you have any kind of... Officers helping us protest. Do you have any independent verification about where the county line ends and the property... But, but they, yeah, they said that they they said it was private property because they that's what the company told them. Yeah, this is their driveway. Yeah, there's, there's no through traffic to this. Once you go onto that property, you have to leave this area and be clean to come back out. Okay, there's a decontamination area. Once we go up there, okay, this is the best thing for this operation is to go back to the head of the drive mm-hmm. and start moving people back to White Mesa so you guys can do the meeting down there. Because what kind of area was it? What? What kind of area was it? What did you say? What kind of area it was? It's a contained area. No, what did you say before? What did you say? Contaminate if you go yes. onto the area. Yes. Yeah, it's part of the cleaning process for everybody who comes on. I, I really, I'm really <laughs> glad that you said that because contamination is what this mine does. This yeah. milling. You just had that word, and you know what? Yes, you don't work for the Ute tribe, but you have obligations to us. Exactly. And you just got through saying contamination, right? Didn't he say contamination? Right. Okay. You're you're a man of a badge. I'm glad you had said that because these people have been advocating for what's happening, what this meal brings to its people. You just clarified that. The man of the badge has clarified contamination and to in our waters, in our lands. The environment around us. Yes. Yes. No. You just yes. done said. You're listening to the radioactive show produced for 3CR Community Radio on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri peoples in Narn, otherwise known as Melbourne. You were just listening to the protest that happened at the gates of the White Mesa uranium mill between the patrol officer and the Ute Mountain Ute tribe. As you heard, the tribal woman, Priscilla Rabbit, uh, contamination is what this uranium milling does. The man with the badge clarified that this area is contaminated 
the tribe has been advocating for what is happening at the mill and that this mill does and what this mill does to the people contamination of the water the lands and the environment around them i continue the interviews at the gates with Anne Marie Tapp and Ephraim Dutchy my name is Anne Marie Tapp and um, i'm an attorney i work with the grand canyon trust as well as white mesa concerned community and living rivers so we just walked from the white mesa ute mountain ute white mesa community center um, about three miles to the border of the White Mesa Uranium Mill, which is the last operating conventional uranium mill in the United States. It's the location where all of the uranium ore that's mined in the U.S., the United States Southwest, is processed. And it also serves as a recycling site for toxic radioactive waste from all across North America and Canada. And so it's really one of the um, keystones of both the regional uranium industry and also um, the national toxic and radioactive waste disposal industry. So that's the site that we just arrived at. The march that we just participated in was led by tribe by Ute Mountain Ute um, tribal members Thelma Whiskers and Yolanda Badback. They're a family who live in White Mesa, again about three miles from this um, uranium mill. And they've been organizing their community because they're the nearest impacted people to the mill. And the mill is also located on sites that are sacred to the tribe and poses a threat both to the air quality and water quality in the region. Um, the mill is currently in the middle of a relicensing process and it's proposing to accept more toxic waste from a site called the Sequoia Fuel Site, which is located in Gore, Oklahoma. And so we're trying to generate awareness, both of the site's existence, the underlying problems here at White Ma the White Mesa Mill, and also to generate, um, to recruit people to participate in this open public comment process. One of the things that's happened sort of stepping back is that in Utah, there are a lot of disposal sites that are close to major urban communities like Salt Lake, and those tend to get a lot of rigorous public scrutiny and participation, and they're really held to very high standards. Whereas down here in San Juan County, which is relatively unpopulated, and the nearest communities are tribal communities, um, we've just really observed that the sites receives a lot less scrutiny from regulators, and there are a lot of um, problems developing at the site. To touch on a few of those problems, um, the mill sort of, the White Mesa uranium mill emits radon, which is a radioactive, invisible, odorless um, air pollutant that is the second leading cause of lung cancer in the United States. And in 2014, the mill violated the Clean Air Act's requirement for um, radon emissions. And so the Grand Canyon Trust, which is a leading, uh, leading regional conservation organization concerned about uranium contamination in this area, sued under the Clean Air Act and sued the mill directly. So that lawsuit is on ongoing and trying to force the mill back into compliance with the Clean Air Act and also um, implement stronger reclamation standards. Um, another problem at the mill is that the um, there's a pattern of groundwater contamination in the shallow aquifer that underlies the mill sites. And we're seeing trends of um, rising heavy metals and uranium concentrations increasing in that shallow groundwater. Um, below that is a deeper aquifer called the N aquifer, which supplies the water for southeastern Utah. And we're deeply concerned that over time, contamination of that 
deeper aquifer would be catastrophic for the region. So those are some of the reasons that we're here today. Um, and it's just really amazing to see the solidarity both regionally and internationally. And we hope that this issue continues to rise both in regional, national and international importance to people. There's a lot of people doing a lot of harm to Mother Earth, you know. Australia is one of them. North Dakota, Washington. You know, it don't matter if it's uranium or oil. We all come together because it has something to do with water. And water is what we're all running low on. And what we, we got to do, what, we got to protect our water. Because without water, our animals that we eat, will not be watered. Our food that we eat will not be watered. Water is everything. Water is the blood of Mother Earth. Thank you guys for standing with White Mesa. Thank you guys for uh, showing us your support and seeing firsthand what we go through here on my res. Okay, now, this meal wanna run uranium from Grand Canyon through White Mesa. What about the kids on that road that ride the bus every morning? What if there's an accident, one of those uranium trucks wreck right middle of Bluff or White Mesa? Where are we all gonna go? Are we gonna have to be contaminated out of our own residence? How are we gonna go about this? Our, our kids are gonna miss school. And I just want you guys to know this is what us white Mesa people are going, what we're going through. This is how, this is why we're trying to stop this meal, is for better water, better air quality, for our children, not for us, not for us, for the child, our children, your grandchildren, you know, because we don't know how long they're going to be running that stuff from Grand Canyon all the way up here. And there's, a, I know there's a lot of you who like to go to Monument Valley to go visit it, to go hiking. That's going to stop you once there's a, a uranium spill. It's going to be held off for days, maybe even, you know, weeks. We don't know that. So it's up, it's up to us, you know, to make this movement strong, to make this movement powerful. Yeah. So hopefully next round, you know, we'll have more people here to support us. We'll spread the word out more. We'll have more brothers and sisters here. We're all family here. We're all trying to live this sacred world, this sacred life. Without sacred life, there's nothing. We all got to fight together. We got to make everything right together and be as one. A hope.
and you've been listening to community members from the White Mesa community about their concerns with the White Mesa uranium mill that is only three miles down the road from their community. For the mill, it's about money, and for the community, it's about contamination. And finally on today's show, I speak with Leona Morgan from the Diné No Nukes group, who was on the walk in protest of the uranium mill. Hi, my name is Leona Morgan, and I'm with an organization I helped to get started called Diné No Nukes. And Diné is our word uh, for ourselves. It means the people in in Diné, but most people know us as uh, Navajo. So I grew up on the res, um, and I have a, my, my family is actually from the eastern part of Navajo Nation, which is in New Mexico, actually close to Chaco Canyon, um, but um, that's my dad's side, and then my mom's side, they're more close to a place called Standing Rock. Mo- but my mom is from Nahadishkish, my dad is from uh, Vicente, New Mexico, or Glodetsin. Those are the Navajo, the net words for those places. Anyways, my family lives in an area that was mined, and I started uh, learning about uranium mining in 2007. And I graduated from college in 2006, and a month later, my friend invited me to a meeting about uranium mining on one of our sacred mountains. And that was the first meeting I went to, and I started learning, and it took me a year to understand everything, but I got really involved more in 2007. And I um, now work on several issues dealing with uranium mining, connecting it to the whole nuclear fuel chain. So in New Mexico, uh, that's really the birthplace of the nuclear age, and we have several sites in New Mexico that most people don't know about, um, such as the Trinity site, um, Los Alamos National Labs, even Sandia National Labs. We have lots of contamination. Um, One of the current issues I'm working on in New Mexico is um, this thing called centralized interim storage. Uh, The government is trying to build a place to store waste from nuclear power plants. And so there's two proposals that would uh, really affect southeast New Mexico. And I live in Albuquerque. That's my temporary home. When I get older, I'll move back to the, the, the res where my dad is from. Um, we have a house in an area out there close to Crown Point, New Mexico. Um, so our family, our house is in Vicente. And I lived out there for a little while by myself. And I want to return there maybe one day to have a family or if, I, if, I, if I'm lucky to have a family. But anyways, um, in Albuquerque, that's a n- central, pretty, pretty much in the middle of New Mexico, and there's uh, two interstates that cross in New Mexico. There's only two interstates pretty much that go through New Mexico. One's down south, but anyways, these two roads would be, um, we're, we're quite certain major thorough, thoroughfare for transport of nuclear waste to these sites as well as the railroad so when they move the nuclear waste if they do if they ever move it from power plants to a waste place um, we're sure it would come through our area because of the railroad and these two um, interstates pretty much anywhere in the United States everyone is impacted by transport and so Mm -hmm. the transport of anything is very um, risky because 
you know, these um, things are very radioactive and especially waste from power plants is highly radioactive and any kind of accident or even being too close to the trucks, if they're not contained well enough, you know, would cause um, exposure to, to humans. And so I learned about this issue um, just last year, but the transport issue affects everyone. And so when I started to learn more about the nuclear waste transport, it made me think of all the uranium transport on the Navajo Nation that happened in, from the 50s to the 70s when there was this uranium boom. A lot of those roads are still contaminated, and a lot of the places are also contaminated. There's, there's really been no cleanup. Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? Coming at you on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost, and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as important as everyone else. Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs. Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women. Muckety is a bad deal, but muckety is absolutely not a done deal. You're listening to Women on the Line. Welcome again to Lost in Science. And welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Anarchus Wall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play. Tune in to Stick Together, worker stories and union news. Grassroots Voices broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network. You're listening to Leona Morgan from the Dene No Nukes Group and I asked Leona about the current campaign that she's working on and focusing on. Right now, one of the other things I'm working on is this campaign called Hall No, which is really focused on the uranium transport that's proposed from a mine near the Grand Canyon that would go through basically the Navajo Nation on the western side. And this mine is owned by a company called Energy Fuels. It's six miles south of the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon has this um, protection around it. So a lot of people think that there's a million acres around the Grand Canyon where they don't allow uranium mining. So this was recently approved where a million acres would be withdrawn um, for for, 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 for about 20 years, and that means no new mining can start. What people don't know is that there's four mines that have been grandfathered in that are allowed to do mining, even though they have this protection. There, there are mines that are able to, to extract and then proce- um, transport it for processing. So our group, Hall No, is concerned about any uranium coming from this particular mine called Canyon Mine, which is south of the Grand Canyon and about three miles from a sacred place called Red Butte. They would take the uranium out of the ground and then truck it on, on public roads and the trucks would be hauling several tons a day, several trucks going back and forth every day, and they would only be covered with tarps. So uranium ore would be moved about 300 miles from the mine through very se- several communities, including Flagstaff, which is um, a city in, in northern Arizona, and then 
the trucks would then go north toward what we call the Four Corners. The Four Corners area in the southwest part of the United States is where um, these four states meet, uh, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah. The mill is in Utah, and so the trucks would go from the mine through the Navajo Nation to White Mesa Mill, and it will go through 180 miles of Navajo Nation land. And our people, our tribe, as a government, has a law against uranium transport. We also have a law against uranium mining that was passed in 2005. The transport law was passed in 2012, but both of these are only within the jurisdiction of the Navajo Nation. So there's a lot of places where there's private land that are like these little windows, little islands of non-Navajo Nation land, and a lot of companies still own land from the 50s and the 70s where they know there's uranium, but they're just waiting, you know, they sell it to other companies and they're waiting for the price of uranium to go up. And the roads, the major highways through the nation, through the Navajo Nation are state and federal highways, so we don't have jurisdiction on those. So even though our tribe has a law against it, right now our government um, doesn't really have any enforcement and ability to stop it. So what we're doing is edu educating folks, spreading awareness, and then we also have um, a couple strategies. One is more focused on policy. So we attempted to pass a law in Arizona to ask for um, we attempted to pass a law in Arizona to, to ask for monitoring along the haul route and then some money to be placed aside for um, cleanup if there was an accident. Because even though the companies are supposed to clean up or put money there, we know it's never adequate and they would do a poor job. And so this law we had introduced into the 2017 Arizona State Legislature. It didn't go anywhere. Um, but the important thing about this law that we're trying to pass is that we, we cannot get a no transport law, so the best we can hope for that would pass through the, the government is something more positive like monitoring to protect people's health or different, different avenues. So because, because the state governments and municipalities are so pro-industry because of the jobs and they think it's going to create economic development, they don't account for all the waste and the cost of health care and cleanup. But we know it's not an economic, um, it's not economically viable, and so we're still working to try to get our nation to do something as a tribe, as a nation, an indigenous nation in the Southwest, and then at the state level, and then and then we're going to also be challenging the U.S. Forest Service, which also is um, so the Forest Service and the state of Arizona both issued permits to allow this mining, and so we're working to stop the transport but really the root cause is the mine mm. and then also we also want to address the White Mesa Mill but with respect to the people here right now we're in White Mesa the Ute Mountain Ute community they want to shut down the mill and so we support that over at the other end at the mine the Havasupai tribe lives um, they're an indigenous nation that live at the bottom of the canyon. They are currently in court against the mine, and we also support that. So we're, as a Diné community that's in the middle, in communication with the Havasupai, and then also there's, there's another tribe near there, the Wallapai, and then also the Hopi Nation. Um, so we're in communication with 
individuals, community representat representatives, and then in some cases the, the tribal council or governments. Here in um, White Mesa, we're, we're, we're here to support the community and also wanting to help them shut down the mill. But um, as Native organizers, what we do is with respect to what the community wants, trying always to take the lead from the indigenous people. And so as indigenous people ourselves, you know, we understand, you know, the, the importance of sacred places, you know, um, sovereignty, you know, inherent rights, and then of course environmental justice, indigenous rights, and all those things. But our, our, our aim is to be culturally appropriate in how we do these things. And so we don't, we're not a big funded organization, we're volunteers, um, it's a small group right now, but we're hoping to grow and we're gonna be doing a lot of more work. So you can keep updated through our website, which is www.hallno.org. And you can check out our Facebook as well. Awesome, thanks. Here it comes again The burning in the blood The pounding in my brain The rising of the flood Hearing out I pray Begging sleep to come It's so far away Way behind the drum Beat up your For this week's Rad Show, you've been listening to the current protests and workings of community members of the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe to prevent radioactive contamination from occurring on their White Mesa tribal lands in the United States. Thank you so much to all the people that contributed to this show about the White Mesa uranium L, Priscilla Rabbit, Marianne Tapp and Ephraim Duchy, and to Leona Morgan from Danae Nukes and the campaign Horno, sharing her incredible work that she's doing. Thanks for allowing me to record and share your stories on the 3CR Community Radio. Music was by Paul Kelly's digital remaster from 2006 album Words and Music 
beat of your heart. Radioactive Show is on Facebook and past episodes are available on the 3CR website. Go to www.3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. Thanks for listening and here's to a nuclear-free future.